Stock Traders. <laughs> Welcome to Stock Talk with Ross Gerber and Brett Siffling here at Gerber Kawasaki. We're really excited to help you calm you through these troubled waters of stocks as we deal with the volatility that reminds us a little bit of The Perfect Storm. Were you old enough to see that movie, The Perfect Storm? Nope. Oh, man. <laughs> that's a great movie about some uh, Gloucestermen. They went out in Boston to go get some fish, even though the storm was so bad. And they went fishing despite it. They didn't want to give it up. And you know what happened? They all got wiped out. So there's something to be learned from this um, because this is not the time to go fishing, guys. So let me start with a disclaimer I know you love. Um, of course, stocks have risks. Investing involves risk. You should speak with a financial advisor before you do anything. We do not know your personal situation. So what we say may or may not be suitable to you. That's why you should contact a Gerber Kawasaki or any fiduciary investment advisor. Um, we do own positions in many, if not all, of the stocks that we're talking about. Please assume that we own the stocks so there is a bias. Um, but we're here to answer your questions today. Um, and of course, past performance is not indicative of future results and all investments involve risk. So um, we're going to get started today because I know this has been a, a, a tough time for investors. Um, even Tesla's down to like 670. I mean, that's just crushing, right? <laughs> I mean, start of the year at 420. Now I'm only up, what, 60% uh, in, a, in a down year, right? Um, so I wanted to talk about a couple things because I've been getting a lot of messages of like, why am I not so depressed? And, and it's because obviously for weeks, if you watch this show, we warned you about this happening. We told you to get conservative. We told you to cut risk. And we totally called this correction um, in our previous shows. And, and, and not that I thought that was so hard to call. So the coronavirus is just an excuse for investors to sell their stocks right now they're indiscriminately selling stocks no matter what they do even if they have nothing to do with coronavirus people are selling it and they're running to the treasury bond they're running to the safety <laughs> and comfort of this treasury bond but what they're going to find at 0.69 i was at 0.69 this morning <laughs> Um, what they're going to find is this is the absolute worst thing you could possibly do with your money is buy a 10-year treasury at 0.69 today. Okay, We just had an employment report that showed 277,000 jobs added. We had this booming economy just three months ago, right? And, and a little flu comes and, oh, no. The whole world is ended. Oh, people compare this to 9-11. It's an insult to 9-11. I mean, come on. Al-Qaeda was way worse than a little virus. Come on. They're still going around. Al-Qaeda is still here. And the virus is going to still here be, be, still be here in, in, in six months or a year or two. And we're going to have to learn to live with a new virus. So, you know, I, I get people are scared to go out and kiss each other and shake hands. But over time, we're going to just have to learn to... To, to live with this, it's it's a new virus. So uh, my goal today is not to talk about the virus at all because I'm sure you're sick of it because I am. <laughs> and what we're gonna talk about is how to properly manage your portfolio in times like these. Because let's be real, Bernie Sanders is worse than the virus for stocks. And you know it looks like we got Bernie Sanders out of the race now. It looks really good for Biden. That is a real big plus for stocks. That was the rally we saw this week was just the, the Biden bounce, I guess you could call it. Um, and, you know, the bottom line is, you know, we got one of the big risks off the table. And once people get used to this virus and go back to hanging out and hugging each other, I think uh, we'll see stocks recover and, and there'll be an opportunity. That's really good. But as we come into the election, um, I do have to say 
It's just going to be a tough year. So what do you do? How do you manage your money? So we're going to get into your questions in a minute. But one of the things we do here is proper asset allocation. And what this is is about managing your risk. Okay. Now, let's say you're Brett. Okay. And you're in your early 20s, you know, really just starting your life and career. Is this a time to sell all your stocks? What do you think, Brett? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> in fact, you should be thrilled this is happening. Yeah. So one of the things we teach at Gerber Kawasaki is this thing called dollar cost averaging, which is putting money in every month, just like your 401k. If you take the thought process out of investing and you just put in money on the first or the 15th every month, then these declines become your advantage. If you think longer term, every time the VIX is shot to 45 or 50 and the markets shoot down, even when things were actually really bad, like 9-11, these were buying opportunities every time in history other than the Great Depression. So it, it's really a tough thing to do, and that's why you take the thought process out of it. So if I'm in my 20s, I want to be an investor right now. I want to buy stocks. I want to buy a little at a time. But in a year, when you look back, I think it's going to look pretty good. So when we're talking uh, March of 2021 and we think back about what's going on right now today, you can make much higher returns buying low. That's right. When you're scared and selling high when everybody's happy and thinks the world will only go up, the stock will only go up and so on and so forth. So if you're young, you got to take advantage of this opportunity. What should your allocation be if you're a younger person with a long-term time horizon and your goal is, let's say, uh, 20, 30, 40 years from now? I would say nearly 100% stocks. So you, even now? Um, pretty much. Because I, I would say, say like, like more 80, like 80, 20. 20. Yeah. Right. You so, can if, like, for my clients that are in their, like, 30s, generally they'll have, like, an 80, 20. Yeah, so what do um, I do with the me, 20? I'm a little bit more aggressive. So well, I'm personally you know, 100% stocks. You, you, you like risk. <laughs> you, you know, that's why I like you, Brett. Um, one reason. And um, so, so think about it this way. If I take 20% of my portfolio and I invest in other investments, and this can be alternative investments like REITs and gold um, and bonds, you know, by doing this, it doesn't necessarily lower your return per se. It does cut your volatility and give you other opportunities. Like right now, for example, um, we're seeing the banks get sold off and you can buy preferred stock that pays you over 7% right now, while a 10-year pays you less than one. You know, So here's an opportunity where I can still earn a good return. Municipal securities, you know, having a great year of 4% in a market that's down six. So you know, these investments offset each other, and that's the way the ship rolls in investing. So if you're, let's say, a motorboat with a really fast motor, and then waves come, what happens? You get bounced around. Crushed. You might even lose a passenger, right? But if you're in a more solid, like say, you know, cruising fishing boat and the waves come, you know, not so bad. So if you're a young person, that's where you want to be. Now, now let's say you're me. Uh, I would say I'm a younger, middle-aged person. Um, my goal is growth and some income. My allocation is going to shift based off my tolerance for risk, based off what's happening for the markets. Today, for me and my clients, I am in the most conservative positions I've been in years, in years, in years, in years. And, and I've done this because it's been so obvious that markets were overvalued. Um, there, were, there was just needed to be a correction. There needed to be some flushing. Yeah, it was um, almost like this was an excuse. It is. Yeah. It is an excuse because the actual economic effects of the virus have been dramatic in China, but very, very minimal here in the U.S. to date. 
Um, and we do think it's going to cause a slowdown in the United States, potentially even a mild recession. But it all depends on you and what you do with your behavior and whether you start changing, going out for drinks tonight. Are you going to go out and meet your friends on Saturday night for dinner still? Or are you going to cancel and stay home? Because if everybody just cancels and stay home, obviously there's an economic effect. Mm -hmm. Now there's some positive to that, but there's more negative to that. People are canceling their vacations and things like that. Festivals too. Um, festivals right now um, uh, you know, are going on. Uh, they canceled Ultra, but I think that... There's something more than it, I think, too. Oh, yeah, I think there's more to that. I think they're having a hard time selling tickets to these oh. DJ events. <laughs> but that's a different thing. Um, so I think from an investment perspective, I've built for me right now like a battleship. So I know I'm going into rough waters. I know it's going to be a tough year. I, I, I killed it last year. I can't be greedy. So I've moved a ton of my money into municipal bonds and gold. And these are investments that do very, very well, produce me an income, like in the case of municipal bonds. Tax-free income of 3.7 is a taxable equivalent yield of almost 8% for me. So it's a really, really good risk reward and very safe investments. And muni bonds have, uh, have yields have gone like this, while treasuries have gone like this. So munis are a little behind and they'll continue to be bought. And especially with Joe Biden doing well and raising taxes president they're going to become more and more valuable taxes are going up and i do not like what i'm seeing um it's it's a reality um but boy muni bonds are going to be one of those places in tax deferred accounts gold is really the trade of the year right now gold is one of the best performing assets on the year um i think it's up anywhere from six to eight percent ten percent um i've piled into gold i've never done this before i i really typically dislike owning millions of dollars of just like gold but they're Printing money like crazy, that's going to be the, the way that China and the United States tries to offset the demand weakness that we're going to see from coronavirus. So uh, gold is just in prime time. It, it literally, so my, my actual top position is a muni bond fund where I have right now, I'm going to say 25% or more of my assets just in muni bonds. Um, and then I have a large gold position right now, largest I've ever had which I'm going to say is about 6% of my assets. Um, so, you know, and, and, and on top of some other conservative investments I have that are trying to offset, I have a lot in yield right now. So even if the stocks don't perform well, I'm still going to get coupons. I'm still going to get paid. So I've got a lot of REITs and things. I think this is going to be great for real estate, for example, um, with yields going down and all the refis were happening that we're having and I've kept my core positions because I'm not going to start just paying taxes, tons of taxes on core positions that I think will recover like Disney and Apple um, and so on and so yeah, forth. And a lot of them are company specific, right? If they have their supply chains that are affected by China, these are getting hit. Well, our companies are, our companies are getting hit, you know, um, uh, Disney and, and well, Apple, yeah. for example, are, are, are two and three holdings for us. And, and we can't be in denial that they're going to have some yeah, short-term difficulty. Absolutely. I'm going to go on TDA, too, on next Tuesday, talking about Disney and kind of the impacts there. So if you guys want a more in-depth conversation on specifically Disney, feel free to Yeah, and by on. the way, uh, feel free to follow Brett Siffling, B. Siffling Trades on Twitter, Gerber Kawasaki on Twitter. Please push the button follow if you want to keep up with what's really happening and so on. You can also follow us on YouTube. Please like and subscribe on YouTube, our video. We really appreciate that. It helps spread the word. Um, I want to get into questions, um, see where that leads us. Brett, uh, yeah. any thoughts before we get into questions? 
Um, no, I mean, it's it's uh, interesting that we're talking a lot about like muni bonds and stuff too, because I've seen so many young people afraid of buying bonds for some reason when they've actually had great returns. Um, well, I think a, a lot of it is, years. so for most young people, you really don't need a lot of bonds in most years. So let's say we talk about that 80-20 allocation. Yeah. So one of the areas in bonds that I've always liked are high yield bonds. I grew up in LA, you know, when I was growing up, actually I went to school, uh, the Milken kids were in my, my high school. <laughs> And so junk bonds and the whole milking thing was an L.A. thing. And I remember it very clearly, actually, because when Mike Milken got sent to jail, who he just got pardoned by Trump. I, mean, I don't know if it's a good thing to get pardoned by Trump. It's like, you know, the criminal pardons you, you know. Um, but Milken, uh, they used to, they, the kids would give away free Milken hats because their dad went to jail and it's, stuff like that. vintage. I know. It's like the old Enron hats. Kind of. <laughs> I wish I would have got one. I you know, I wasn't a fan of the insider trading scandal. Um, if you don't know about Drexel, it's really interesting to read. Uh, I think it's Barbarians at the Gates is the book, um, as I recall. Um, nevertheless, high-yield bonds have always been something I've been interested in. Where can I get a yield and also get a guarantee? And if you really know how to trade bonds, you can do really well and make good returns. Bonds also can be dangerous, like in the energy sector right now or in autos. There's a lot of Ford bonds. There's crush. a lot of energy bonds. And these are bad credit and you don't want to own it. Um, but there's also good bonds, um, bonds that, you know, will pay you a good interest rate, a, a fair rate for your time. Um, and, and you can, you know, loan money to Netflix or or MGM or whoever you want and uh, and earn a good yield. Um, so there's a place for those bonds and they do well typically in times like this as long as they're not high yield. High yield actually doesn't do as yeah, well. Yeah, they're a lot um, more correlated. But activities. it's a great time to buy high yield when it gets hammered. Um, boy, even the financial crisis I bought high yield, that was one of the few things I bought when, when the markets were just hammered and it was a phenomenal return. Um, and we saw that uh, last week with some of the uh, closed-end high-yield funds that we own. Uh, they got hammered. We bought some, and within a day, they had recovered their value because they trade a lot. Um, so owning bonds and gold, alternative assets like REITs, the very, very, very effective diversification without really giving up much in return in alpha. So it's a way to uh, increase you know, your returns, basically, without actually adding more risk. Yeah, you know? I mean, a 60-40 portfolio has done exactly the same as the S&P 500 over the last 20 years. Really? Yeah. Exact same return? Pretty much. Well, that would argue for a 60-40. A um, couple questions here, besides them arguing between my jacket as being blue or purple. Uh, um, you know what? The, the jacket <laughs> is blue. I'm colorblind, so it doesn't really matter Right. To me. So, <laughs> so Brett told me it was purple. That's what um, he said. But Brett doesn't know. And How much do we sell when we shift those allocations? Okay, so here's another philosophy of mine. The worst decision you can do is absolute ones where you make these like huge decisions. Like I had this client who wanted to just sell half his portfolio. You know, I, there's nothing I can do. And he just like sells half one day. And I just looked at his like taxable gain for the year. And I'm like, dude, he just is going to pay a huge tax consequence. And he's going to end up buying back half these stocks, right? Yeah. And it's like, that is really inefficient. So when we start reallocating, we'll move a few percentage points at a time. You know, so like when the market rallied on a Sleepy Joe rally this week, we were actually taking more profits, rebalancing some more, especially for our older and more conservative clients. Because the truth of the matter is we're trying to build a really big, strong battleship to get through these rocky waters that we're going to have over the next three, maybe six months. 
this is short term, but I got to keep my clients in the game and I want to limit my losses when I have such huge gains. So it you don't you, you're there's nothing wrong with knowing when it's time to sit out. So uh, this is a rule. Write this down. I know you guys don't use pens and papers anymore, <laughs> but I do. Write it down, okay? You do not want to chase gains in bad markets. So what happens is is you were trading six months ago and you were making money on everything you were yeah, doing. buying calls, everything. Right, up, buying calls, this and that. And you're feeling really smart. So now the market's working against you and you don't want to accept that this is might last for three or four or five or six months or more. And so you keep trying to trade bull side trades yeah. in a bear market, which is what we're in, kids. It's called a bear market. And so what you get these rallies back and then you get positive and then you'll take a new bet. Like everything's cheap, I should buy. And then you make some more bets and then you get whacked on those. And what happens is you get this kind of rolling downhill thing where you just get murdered. And that can last, you know, in 2000 to 2003, it was three straight years of this rolling downward. And I would trade and oh, things are gonna get better. That's hope, that's not reality. So that's why I'm saying you've got to just know when it's time to put the keyboard down, you know, not try to make bullish trades, not try to short everything. That's also a mistake with the market already down 13, 14%. And just sit and earn your coupons, except you're going to give back some of your, your gains. It sucks. Trust me, I don't like giving back money, you know, but that's investing. Nobody can manage a portfolio that just straightly goes up without volatility. Yeah, and at the end of the day, what this boils down to is just have a plan, right? Like have a plan going into it so you're not making these irrational decisions on a day-to-day -day basis when the market's up 1,000 points, down 700 points, up 1,000 points. If you have your plan, you have your shopping list of quality companies that you'd like to pick up over time, you dollar cost average into those, you don't have to worry about it. Right, and I think the idea is when you make absolute risk-taking moves like, now I'm going to pile into this stock because it's just got too cheap. You don't give yourself ammunition, you know, That's if you're true. wrong. And so I learned this from George Soros. You know, George Soros is one of the greatest traders of all time. You know, I, I, I've read he's super smart, complex trader. I've read a few of his books that are definitely not, you know, for beginners. And but the one thing I got out of it is this idea of fallibility that we're humans. And 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 he's a Holocaust survivor and. One of the things that Soros talks about is you always got to survive to fight another day. And so if you have trades that can wipe you out, it just doesn't make any sense. Like yeah. that's not the point of investing. The point of investing is to grow your assets over time. And so if you're like betting, you can make these bigger mistakes that can really wipe you out, especially with leverage and options. And I, I'm warning you kids, you just got to be careful with leverage and options in these periods of time. There are a lot of margin calls out. Um, this is kind of a question in regards to this. Um, what about short ETFs during times like in pandemics like this? I'm assuming like I, the UVXY. I, I don't like short ETFs. The fees just eat <laughs> you alive. Every day you're holding one of those, they're just taking your money to offer you this hedge. That's why I don't use those products. You're much better off just buying put options on the S&P or something to hedge versus these ETNs or ETFs that I think are just poorly built yeah. you know and so stay away like from these, a broken like, car that looks like the right yeah. car you and know people buy like these vix etfs too and they don't understand actually how these how the fees are, are just ripped well, from yeah, you. yeah and there's like you know contango and there's how basically the futures of these volatility contracts aren't actually trading like right that. right and, um, and it's it's really a mistake just 
if you if you want out, it's okay to sell. It, bonds, you know, clearly correlate, you know, oppositely of stocks, treasury securities, and 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 gold. And so, you know, we've learned this from our experience in the financial crisis that gold and government securities are your hedge. And you certainly can buy put options to increase your hedge and become market neutral um, for periods of time. It makes a lot more sense than using crappy products that suck you dry from fees. What about a couple questions on Tesla? If it's still a good investment, will this hurt in China? Yeah, so so Tesla, let's talk about Tesla for a minute. Uh, Tesla is, uh, I don't know, three weeks out from the end of the quarter. Um, They report deliveries right around the time of our Tesla 420 party, probably... uh, April, you know, I'm going to say second or third, maybe uh, on uh, uh, right before the weekend, right before the party. Um, so, there, what, you know, Tesla has a lot of boogeymen going on this, this quarter that I think is really hard to analyze. There's a lot of good. For example, Model Y is being delivered this quarter. So we don't know how many Model Ys they're going to deliver by the end of the quarter, we're expecting one here, so we'll know how good they are at getting these cars delivered. But that is a new production line. They did not shut down Model 3 to start Model Y. So if the new production line is producing any level of cars and those are delivered before the end of the quarter as planned, that is not in my numbers right now. Secondly, China. For some reason, Tesla is just has this amazing relationship with China. They were the first car factory to be up and running post coronavirus (laughs) they do and they also love the new jobs that are being created and the technology and they love tracking everybody in their cars um there's no negative for china with tesla and so we know production from our own research has slowed you know to zero for a period of time and now is probably closer to 50 percent um we don't think that tesla's ramp production as quickly as they wanted to um, in China, but we just don't know how many cars they're delivering in China. Um, I read an article that a lot of Chinese car companies now want to deliver direct to consumer because the consumers don't want to drive and go to a dealership and hang out with all these people. They want the car delivered just to them, and that bodes really well for Tesla because they're the only ones doing this. And so um, we don't know sales in China. We do know costs are going to be high for Tesla in Q1. They just broke ground at Giga Berlin. Um, they're Definitely having some extra costs dealing in China um, from various reasons and Model Y launch costs, which is pretty expensive. So we expect a cash flow negative quarter. We don't expect it to be bad as Q1 last year, Um, you know, but this is good spending, not bad spending. It's not wasteful spending. This is to launch the next level. So the other upside with Tesla is Model Y is awesome. So the car is awesome, and it will sell and sell and sell as many as they make. People are really excited about it. it totally, like, totally. They want a new car too. Like they, you know, people especially who had like the S and two, uh, they want a refresh. Yeah, and, and it's just a new car and a new design, and a lot of people want to buy the Model X, but it's like one hundred thirty-five thousand, yeah. and it's just out of reach for people. So creating this crossover. Boy, the Porsche Macan is going to get wiped out. I mean, an EV crossover with 300-mile range, uh, fast as can be. Uh, I mean, geez, I can't wait to get mine. I check my email every day. What about a competition? Like someone mentioned this Nikola Nikola Motors. Nikola, uh, Rivian. Um, So here's my thing about Tesla competition. I, I welcome 
pure EV competition, I don't think companies can scale because I know what Tesla had to do to scale. So this is a really challenging thing. A lot of people talk a lot of smack about Elon, but they don't really understand how difficult some of the things he's done really are. So scaling battery production, scaling EV production, and producing a wonderful vehicle with you know, these autonomous features, right? So the other cars aren't even working with autonomy at all. Their batteries are going to be inferior to Tesla's. And I think it's going to be hard for them and to get past 20, 30,000 cars a year. They're well, insanely expensive, too. I know. To so so right now, in my mind, Tesla has no competition. There is no other company in the world that can build hundreds of thousands of EVs of high quality that will sell globally. There are some Chinese companies like BYD and Geely that are on pace and could do really well in the future. And those are, I think, my the biggest risks, not risks, the biggest competitors to Tesla, and they're basically in China. But with a global uh, market of 50 million cars plus a year being sold, um, and Tesla captures two, three, four percent of it, you're already at millions of cars, and Tesla's worth, you know, what Ron Barron and, and Kathy Wood think, you know, like $5,000 a share. So, so certainly, if Tesla can capture two to three percent of the global market, um, it's going to be an enormously, enormously profitable. It's funny company. that you said that. Someone just said six thousand dollar price target, uh, target for Tesla over five years. Yeah, see, I don't, I don't believe in that stuff because, like, Elon Musk flies around in planes and all this kind of stuff, and and he is a mortal, and so there's risks that we just don't even know. He goes to Burning Man. He's friends with Jack. Who knows? You know, he might go to Africa. <laughs> it's amazing how Jack uh, turned around, right? Uh, well, Jack. Oh, he's, yeah. He's let's talk about Twitter. Africa. Let's talk about Twitter. I, I don't want to talk about what we're doing at Twitter because we're still operating in Twitter, but we're definitely buying some um, right now because Jack has been holding shareholder value back at Twitter. I love Twitter as a service, and but management has really done shareholders a disservice and for a long time, and that's why I haven't owned Twitter. But Elliott Management does a wonderful job. In just a week of haranguing uh, Jack, <laughs> He's trying to introduce fleets. Yeah, new innovation. Like, I don't got. Why is it called fleet? Um, it's supposed to be, I guess, like stories for like. Instagram yeah, I get what it out, is, but, but why fleet? It's a tweet, idea. but it's an F. Uh, maybe it's a disappearing. I honestly, I'm sure there's some. It should be the delete fleet. Trend, a delete tweet. Some I don't know. Meeting, Anybody but. here need another story? Someone knows why. Text or put it in a message below. Yeah, tell <laughs> us why it's called fleets, please. Uh, you know, does anybody here really want? A, a disappearing tweet message please no because i don't want it i can do instagram so much but i can't do a fleet okay and then secondly jack has now canceled his his trip to africa or publicly admitting that he wants to go to africa and retire um <laughs> and he's blaming coronavirus even though there's no cases in africa so um you know it's pretty funny to see how quickly uh once jack uh has somebody actually hold him accountable for his performance, how quickly he starts caring about his performance before he gets booted out. This is win-win for, for Twitter. If Jack focuses on his job and does a good job, win for Twitter. If Jack gets kicked out and better management comes in, win for Twitter. And I love how they're like, oh, we circulated a, a survey at the company and they don't want Jack to leave. Of course not! He doesn't make you work! He doesn't make you do anything! He just gives you free crap! Yeah, what if oh, say, yeah, he was the so. first guy to say, go work from home! Like, oh god, everyone's getting coronavirus working on a computer by themselves at Twitter headquarters. He couldn't wait to let everybody work from home. I love Jack! He gives us free food! Of course, this is a business. It's not a, it's not a party. 
fleeting tweet. I guess that's what it means. A fleeting, a fleeting tweet, text, like it, like fleeting it, fame, like it disappears. It's fleeting. Okay, I get um, it. A couple questions on dividend stocks. If you want to talk about like airlines or cruise ships, airlines, uh, never buy an airline or a cruise ship. Boeing struggling. No one's buying planes either. Yeah, um, Boeing is couldn't oh, ask for a worse thing to happen. Where's the link for our SVP to the Tesla party if we're still doing it's closed, it? Closed, baby. It's closed. Danny, just DM me too. So um, if you want to come to the Tesla party now, you're going to have to be a client of Gerber Kawasaki. I posted it twice. We have an enormous amount of responses. So, many. It was so we're sending out confirmations, hopefully today, to those of you who have previously sent in your information. I, I want to invite everybody in the world to this party, um, but we can't. Um, and so, you know, we're doing our best. Um, so our first back of confirmations are go hopefully going out today um, for the party. Uh, if you're a GK client, you're guaranteed admission to the party. Um, that's the easiest way. Brett is available. He's happy to help you. There's a lot of reason to be a GK client. And that's just not this party. We have lots of parties. I was just saying to somebody, they're like, oh, my brother's my financial advisor, so how can I move to you? And I said, does your brother have parties? No. <laughs> does your brother care about your account? Not really. And I'm like, so who cares? And the best part about these parties is actually our clients networking with each other. Well, that no, that's amazing. not the best part of the party. The I best like part that. of the party is that it's a party. Well, that's I mean, true, come on. I mean, it's, how many I've investment firms people, have fun parties? Yeah, but I've had a lot of people like uh, that are my clients that have met each other that have actually for done sure. business for ventures sure. together. They've done, you know, they're influencers. They've done videos together. and, and We have a great all, client yeah. base. I mean, it's our amazing. clients are, are amazing people from every industry where we're – you're working with lots of young people who are doing lots of cool stuff. Um, it, boy, you know, be a client. We're going to help you. I mean, what's your downside? Someone said, uh, what differentiates us from other investment firms? Oh, um, you can't tell? Like, we're live streaming, okay? <laughs> that differentiates us right there, right? I mean, we actually are trying to help uh, the masses. So I think the, the, the handful of things that differentiate us, number one is we have no minimums. I don't care how much money you have. If you want to save and get ahead and invest and have the best traders on the street helping you, it's here, you know, okay, i got to put a disclaimer. That's according to me, I'm the best investor on the street and my mother. So um, <laughs> so if, if you want our help, we don't care how much money we have. We have a wealth building program. And our wealth building program is about, and get invested, is about helping people get ahead. It's my goal in life. One of my goals is to help people get ahead, help fight wealth inequality, because I believe everybody can be a millionaire if you start investing in your 20s and you do it for 40 years and you do it in strong equities, you can be a millionaire if you save money every month. And we can show you how to do this. This is just math. I can show you the math, Brett can show you the math. If you save and invest, especially in your IRA accounts, and you do it in your 401ks, and you do this right, and you start at 25, at 65, you're a millionaire. Now, of course, there's risk, of course, blah, 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 million disclaimers, but we've done this. I literally have done this. I'm my 26th year in this business. I can't tell you how many people I've made a millionaire. It's a, it's an amazing amount of people, and people in this company who, who practice what we preach here. We... We eat all our own soup here, you know, we practice what we preach. That's how I've become a multimillionaire, was saving and investing my money. Uh, yeah, I earn above average returns, you know, but you don't need to. You can just buy the S&P 
it works pretty good run it at 10 percent put in you know four or five hundred dollars a month or whatever you can save you should save at least 10 percent of your income so that's number one the second thing that differentiates us from most firms is our independence and transparency um, we're a fiduciary investment advisor we're legally re uh, required to do what's best for our clients if you're working at merrill lynch or, or or morgan stanley or any of the banks or what we call wirehouses or goldman sachs they are working against you whether you realize it or not they have no obligation to sell you anything good that it's your responsibility to make sure all they have to do is say oh it's suitable he's a high-risk investor so i sold him a high-risk piece of crap yeah. so here's we work so you're right <laughs> so they jam all these crappy ipos down their clients throats and this and that so being a fiduciary investment advisor differentiates us from a lot of firms secondly we're much different than a robo advisor who literally does nothing for you so you pay 25 basis points to have a robo advisor who then literally puts your money in the market in every stock and bond that exists and says thanks for paying us oh and then the market starts to crack and you say what are you doing about my allocation and what do you think about the markets and you try to call them there is nobody answering your phone. We have real human beings here at Gerber Kawasaki I will personally answering pick up the phones. Phone. I answer the phone. If you call here right now, 310-399-6397, you call right now, a human being will answer the phone. We don't even have a phone tree. Like, we don't go into that thing that's like, welcome to Gerber Kawasaki. Press <laughs> 1 to speak to someone. We, I hate those things. You literally call, and a human, a warm-blooded human will put – coronavirus free we'll answer the phone and 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 we'll help you also we'll meet with you in person a lot of the online solutions betterment uh, personal capital blah 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 they're not going to meet with you in person we'll meet with you by video we'll meet with you in person i don't care if you have no money you want to get started come on into the office we'll, we'll meet with you um you, you, you know sit down we'll spend an hour build a financial plan for you we'll implement that plan we'll look at your 401k um, n name me firms that are going to do that for you, especially young people, especially young people. If you're young and let's say you have 20 grand, walk into Morgan Stanley and ask for help. Where, who's going to help you? Every RIA I know, except for maybe one or two, will not sit down with somebody with less than a million dollars and they just can't scale their business and they just don't care about helping people get ahead. They just want you after you're successful. We don't care. We want to help you become successful. And that's different. So when you're thinking the long game like Gerber Kawasaki does, I'm thinking about my business 20, 30, 40 years from now and the client base we're building today 20, 30, 40 years from now because that's what I've done with my client base over the last 20, 26 years I've been in the business. The last thing we do that's very different is we buy stocks. I don't believe you can build great wealth without owning individual equities. Any firm that you go to that will not buy you a stock will never build you the kind of wealth that you could potentially build. I don't care what anybody says. If you don't own individual stocks, your chances of building wealth long term are severely diminished over time. And so when you're young and you don't have a lot of money, maybe individual stocks aren't the best investment right away. An ETF. How about a sector ETF so you don't own every stock in the market? Most firms just put you in every stock in the market, whether it's Morgan Stanley and Merrill Lynch at the top to Betterment and Wealthfront at the bottom. They put you in every stock in the market. And I liken that to dating every girl in high school. Okay, None of you did that. 
None of you men or women dated every person in your high school. Like, there should be some criteria you use on what you don't <laughs> want, right? Like, I didn't like people who smoked cigarettes. Like, I dated this girl. Back in my day, people smoked cigarettes a little bit more. And I dated this girl, and she smoked cigarettes. And I, I hated it, actually. And I said to myself, from now on, I won't date a smoker. Now, this is a really easy criteria to put in. For example, I don't want tobacco in my portfolio. You buy the S&P 500, you got tobacco, you got oil, you got railroads, you got polluters, you got the worst companies in the world in your portfolio. Do you know you have that right now? The worst companies in the world are probably in your portfolio because no advisor sat down and said, let's build something for you. It takes a little bit more time and it'll be a little bit geared to what you actually want out of your portfolio. And it's gonna take me a lot more effort to manage it and follow these stocks. But that's why we do what we do. So those are some of the differences. Yeah, we do a lot of the impact investing too. Like if that's stuff that matters to you and that you know you are socially conscious and you care about the environment and these social issues, we'll design a portfolio that is exactly reflective of that. This is crucial. Yeah. This is so crucial. So this is kind of our new thing too, because we have so many clients out here who are are conscious of climate change and they want their portfolios to to match their values and we're building a program right now so that your portfolios will match your values um, we're working to try to uh, figure out a great way to determine what your values are and how we can build this portfolio around what you care about if you care about the environment boy there's some wonderful investments in solar and wind and renewable and 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 hydro and 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 boy tesla and evs and batteries we can do this for you and and we do the research and we put in the time to find the best opportunities and it's not just for u.s residents we work with people all over the world so we're trying we're, we're trying it's a little more complicated but if you're international please feel free to send us an email uh, info at GerberKawasaki.com or, 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 or Brett at GerberKawasaki. Um, we're happy to try to help you and see if we can work with one of our current custodians. And we're very close when I have time to do this paperwork to get an international custodian. Um, we just charge a fee on the investable assets that you have with us, not off of your total net worth. And we're actually very generous in the fact that we'll look at you know your 401k and other parts of your life as well. Um, yeah, we don't we charge don't extra. Yeah. We don't charge anything extra for that. We actually do 529 plans for free, which is college savings plans. It's we do college savings for, for yeah. free. We do life insurance as well um, and annuities if you need some certainties and guarantees, especially you millennials with your new young families, even your dog. You know, <laughs> a lot of people don't realize this. If you have a pet and you don't have life insurance and you don't have a will and you don't actually say what should happen to your pet and then something happens to you and you die, what do you think happens to your dog? Or cat. I never thought about that, to be honest. Well, somebody either, some friend or family member is real generous and takes them, or they <laughs> euthanize it. So, you know, you really need to think about doing a will, um, maybe a living trust, um, life insurance. Uh, do something to protect your family, even if your family is a pet. Um, we can help you do that, too. We, we do this all the time. People care more about their pets in, in a lot of cases than their actual relatives. So, you know, we're happy to build a plan that works for you. And uh, we like uh, uh, building a full financial plan. Uh, you want to keep going on questions? Yeah. Uh, what's the best way to invest 10K? We still didn't talk about airlines or cruises. I said um, get out of airlines and cruises. Crypto. So what about crypto. this whole halving thing? So I'm seeing, I'm seeing yeah, that people are starting weird. to doubt this halving um, because of the coronavirus. Oh, yeah, all of a sudden, like, the crypto having will stop? <laughs> That's so, the most absurd thing I've I've seen today. some statistics that they're saying up to maybe, like, 60% chance now that it doesn't happen. 
I don't know where that comes from. I, I thought it had to have. No, I'm, all the I'm, miners have to agree on it. Yeah, I mean, yes and no. I mean, it's kind of Bitcoin was created in a certain way so that kind of there's a finite the amount of yeah. Bitcoin. So I don't see how they'd not do that. There's 21 million Bitcoin. That's what, what I was... What about... My crypto is a percentage of an allocation. Crypto for me is a 1% allocation of my net worth. Yeah, you never... It's 1%. And it's not because I don't believe in crypto. It's because I don't believe in the exchanges. Not one person <laughs> who runs an exchange is somebody that They're I would so actually... Shady. I would never so let shady. my kid date somebody who runs a crypto exchange. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, these people are shady. And... and I'm not to say that they're criminals because some of them I've dealt with and I think they're, they mean well, but they are not ready for prime time and the theft from crypto. I read something like there's like billions of dollars stolen from crypto yeah. and what do they do to help you? Zero, absolutely zero. There's so no way to how much money am I going to really put in this, you know? And so that's, that's the problem with crypto until they solve it, until they insure my account, until they say, if somebody steals your Bitcoin, we're going to insure it. Until they insure and Coinbase does this stuff, I, I I don't think you can keep a lot of money in crypto. So I keep a little bit of amount. And then if you put it on a hard drive and then, God forbid, your dad, you know, takes it and rewrites it for his, you know, Minecraft game. Or, know, who knows, right? You know, so I don't know. I, I think there's limits to that. Um, I, I don't know how Bitcoin can improve until they start protecting the users. What hair products do we use? We both look on point. Um... <laughs> I use this. Uh, uh, no, just kidding. Uh, I, I am proud to say base. that my buddy Doug, Doug, how does he say his name? Bone Bone Parth. Uh, we had a, a poll. Over a thousand people voted that the West Coast hairstyle of mine uh, defeated uh, Doug's, and and he has really good hair. You know, he has this whole thing. I was gonna try to do my hair like Doug's, but I have to grow it out a little bit more. And gets puffy like his does. Um, but I have a more like gray. Oh, thing, Disney. You know. Do you think Disney will go below hundred? If it goes below hundred, I'm all in. Blow the shit. I'm all in. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll fill up the Disney boat full of and buy it all. So so, Disney has issues. I love Disney. I I I, I, I love Disney almost as much as, I would love a pet. You know, and and I've owned it my whole life. But you can't deny, um, the fact that this hurts parks. Uh, it hurts uh, movies. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. They're releasing a movie this weekend onward. It's a Pixar movie, and I'm just curious to see what the numbers are. So far, box office seems to be normal here in the U.S., but there's no box office in China. Um, and China is as big a movie business couldn't as been, the United States. Couldn't have been a worse time to release Milan. Well, Milan's not released yet. Well, I know, it's a month. Well, well, they're hoping. No, it's the worst time is the James Bond movie. It well, was literally delay called. That. They delayed it, it. Yeah, but it was called No Time to Die. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. so here are your movies, No Time to Die. It's supposed to be out like in a week. So <laughs> now they moved it back. That's it's costly. It's costly. So Disney's price is now down twenty five percent or so from where it should be, or it should have actually been higher. Netflix has soared because they don't have parks. But the truth of the matter is the parks couldn't be in a better place for Disney. And people are going to go to... You were just was, at Disneyland. I was at Disneyland all weekend last weekend. And it was completely packed. Every line is an yeah, hour Yeah, I don't think long. we've seen change of behavior absurd. yet. There wasn't a single sign about coronavirus. No one said anything. Yeah, it was yeah. completely out of sight. It's like don't ask, don't tell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, but my thing... And, and I talked to some people who were involved with music festivals recently... You know, you don't shut down Disneyland because of the flu. Um, so I think 
the question is is everybody shuts everything down does this really solve the problem when the government hasn't done anything to protect anybody and we don't even know who has it or how many people have it and at a certain point we're gonna have to learn to live with this virus it's not gonna go away there isn't gonna be a cure you know and people are gonna get sick and hopefully the season will end you know in a month or two the, the as the heat will come and and typically flu viruses are much less in summer than they are and and in spring than they are in winter uh, I'm hoping there's some some truth to this um, but you know, bottom line, you know, the show must go on. So gonna, Disney's going to be a great opportunity in the next couple of months. One, since valuations have come back down a little bit, do you think that stock buyback programs are going to come back, start picking things? Well, I think companies up? are going to have to be conservative with their capital because they have to look at what their sales are going to be, and, and they don't want to start buying back stock and then have, have bad numbers. Um, so I think that'll be – I think what we're all waiting for is some, like, all clear – and we're not going to get that. What's going to happen is these stories will get old and, and, and people will realize that they're just going to have to live with this and they're going to go about their lives. You're going to have to go on with your life. The change in behavior will be um, people washing their hands more, people uh, scrubbing more, they're scrubbing the planes more, they're scrubbing the parks more, they're scrubbing their house more. And, and what I think the offset will be is next year we're going to have the least amount of flu pe yeah. you know, people and deaths than we've ever had. Great. So. I think there's a net positive economically for this in 2021 as actually people use basic hygiene that they probably weren't doing before. So on the short term, it's, it's kind of like, oh, everybody's like stocking up on masks and gloves that they'll never use. And then <laughs> don't even work. Totally. I, no, <laughs> you wear a glove, you touch something, you touch your face, right, you're still going right. to get it. No, you got to <laughs> wear a mask, you got to face mask. I, I got my old paintball mask, you know, I might wear my old paintball mask and, and my gloves. You know, so I'm supposed to travel next week, and and I'm and I'm go. I want to go skiing really bad, and and my wife is scared now because she oh here's a good reads one. the stuff. Should I be completely debt free before investing? Uh no, um some debts like student loan debts, um they're just not going to pay off. So what you want to do is have a good savings plan to pay off your debt and save something too. It depends also on your interest rates. Real so there's good debt right, and there's right, bad debt, right. right? There's good debt like student loans, mortgages. You know, a lot of people have questions: should they pay off their mortgage faster? You know, that's good debt in a sense because it's low interest rates, and what you can do is invest that extra Especially capital. Especially asset debt, Ex like exactly. A mortgage. Yeah, but you can take that extra capital that you were going to put towards your mortgage, invest it. Let's say earn an eight percent return over time in a balanced portfolio. You're paying out three on your mortgage. You're going to be net ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, a lot of people call me. They go, I want to pay off my mortgage. I said, have you seen mortgage rates? It's like less than inflation. You want to have the biggest mortgage possible right now. Like right now, what I'm trying to do is buy a house and get the biggest mortgage I can possibly get. I want to I would borrow a billion dollars right now <laughs> at 2% or 3% for 10 years. So if you have a billion dollars, I'm happy to pay you 2% on it. You know, please, please lend it to me. So I, I buy like a bigger house than Bezos, right? You know, buy, is there a bigger house? Than no, Bezos? I, no, I don't know. I don't know. No, um, but I'm trying to borrow as much money. Paying off principal on a home loan is is a mistake. It's called financial leverage. If you don't know how to do that, we're happy to show you. But I never have paid principal on a mortgage in my life, and I never will. I never will. Uh, interest only. It's interesting too that we've seen a lot of the banks for the mortgage loans. They're like saying like enough, and they're kind of you know fixing it all at this they, point. They they don't want to have more spread compression, yeah. but 
they're it's a competitive business and one of them will crack and start offering <laughs> a little bit less and, and look you know i think they're thinking rates will just bounce right back up in like two months like so they don't have to like acquiesce to these lower rates but i don't know if that's going to happen i i just don't i think the next three to six months are going to be choppy until we have a clarity about the election and clarity about the disease we're going to get some rallies and we're going to get some sell-offs and we're going to get some rallies and sell-offs but i think right now the hard thing is we're saying there's a hundred and something people in america that have coronavirus but that number is probably in the thousands already. tens of thousands not, not yet i don't think so i think so but, but I, I definitely think it's there are no testing kits so we don't know how many people have it i don't really care personally because i'm not changing my behavior I'm washing my hands. I am not making out with strangers. So it's like, whatever, you know, I got to live my life. Like I honestly, I, I was driving to work today and thank God for my Tesla. The, 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 some, some guy just slams his brakes over nothing. Some other guy, I even taped it on my, my Tesla because this guy's swerving. He must've been drunk. It's nine in the morning, almost hits me. It is so risky driving in LA and thank you Tesla for making such a safe car. Really. Um, to, to think that I'm going to worry about a virus when I almost got killed twice on the way to work driving. <laughs> it's like, so anyways, I just touched my eyes. I, I, I have washed my hands thoroughly. If I don't make it back on Monday, I'm sorry. <laughs> all right, we got one more minute, and uh, then it's time for Brazilian pizza asking, where's today. Where's this Kawasaki guy all the time? Kawasaki's working. He doesn't have the fun job like we <laughs> do here. Does the make us nervous? Uh, when do we know yes. the correction's over? We know the correction's over when the stock market starts going up again. <laughs> Mortgage rates just hit all-time lows. Um, but don't try to guess when that is. Oh, Taking credit out to buy stocks wouldn't do Horrible that. idea. Terrible Horrible, idea. horrible. Never borrow to buy. If you can't afford to invest in the stock market, just start saving money and, and get to the point where you can. Um, Interest-only house loans. We can explain more if you call in. I'll be happy yeah, to Yeah, I don't want to talk about you. loans and homes. Uh, genomics, um, that sector. It's hard with We're not going to talk it's, about that sector right hard. now. Um pretty much it i think we should wrap it up all right thank you very much for joining us on stock talk with ross and brett i hope you have a wonderful weekend and please hug your loved ones uh just don't buy into all this fear and hype go out have a good time wash your hands um use basic you know intelligence and i'm sure you'll be fine uh there's a lot of things that can kill you a lot of things that can make you sick like food poisoning for example which i've had several times in restaurants that were supposedly great so you know Let's be real. There's a lot of things out there. Um, I wish you luck. Um, just hang in there. It's going to be a tough couple months. Think long term. Opportunities are emerging that in a year, trust me, you'll be so stoked if you can find these opportunities over the next three to six months, make your investments, and then look back in a year and be like, wow, remember when everybody was panicked about that virus last year? <laughs> Trust me, that's the way the markets work. This is the best bear market you could ever ask for compared to some of the ones I've been through because I think it's going to be the easiest one to fix over time um, compared to the financial crisis or dot-com and other bear markets I've been. So, you know, hang tight. It's going to be a tough, tough one over the short term. But we're here for you. Give us a call. Happy to help. Have a great weekend. Yeah, enjoy your weekend, guys.